G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Welcome back to the overnight crowd here on SEN, your home of sport. Crystal clear through the SEN app and through your digital radio dials. Paul Sebastiani here with you bringing it up into the early hours of the morning. And we are right in the cut and thrust of the spring racing carnival. Big group ones were run and won over the weekend. And we're joined by none other than the man from racetrackralphie.com.au. It's Ralphie Horowitz. A very good evening to you, Ralphie. How was uh, how was the weekend? It seemed a tough Turnbull Stakes and a tough one at Flemington. Yeah, yeah, I... Uh... Rearrange these two words: building, character. That's <laughs> exactly right. Exactly right. I <laughs> know. Uh, look, the track played beautifully. It, uh, it was a good reminder to um, to keep leaders on side when in doubt, because that's what happened in the uh, in the main race that we'll get to. And um, the uh, the stunning win, uh, who wasn't in the big race, was Private Eye. He came down from Sydney and said. Yeah, we'll get into the uh, the race that was run and won, the main race at Flemington. It was the Turnbull Stakes, and it was won by the horse you deemed to have Aqualung, the gear change of uh, Aqualung. I'm not sure what was the gear change for him this week on the on the hard track in Smoke and Romans. He was uh, he was pretty good, but but the times and numbers didn't suggest. I don't think on Vinter stuff, I wouldn't have thought that it was an amazingly uh, well fastly run Turnbull Stakes. It looked to be run pretty slowly. No, so I mean, there's always you know, different levels of studying this uh, caper. We we uh, do it seriously. The work I do with Vince Cardi, but um, but you know, chatting to you and, and your audience, uh, you know, assuming a lot of people are just sort of tuning into the spring carnival this time of year. What, what what you try and take into account is how fast the race is going to be run, and in, in simple terms, it's energy in, energy out. Mm-hmm. So what happened on Saturday in the big Turnbull Stakes? Uh, there was not much energy going out early. <laughs> so, uh, so, the best way to look at this is the horses who were one, two, three, four on the home turn were one, two, three, four at the winning post. And that told you that there was lots of energy stored up that they hadn't overexerted. And uh, and really, it made it a mathematical impossibility to run them down. I mean, you probably wouldn't back me to beat Usain Bolt. But over 100... <laughs> I wouldn't have thought so, mate. I wouldn't have thought so. That's exactly <laughs> right. It seemed, it seemed that way in that race, didn't it? Well, it did. So, oh, look, I think, uh, well, this horse might make Godzilla me a second time, but I think he's now very short price favourite in the Caulfield Cup. And I think that's insane yep. because there's horses that were back in the field. Uh, now, I don't know if this is not being a smart aleck in any way, but they weren't written to win that grand final. Mm-hmm. And that doesn't mean they did anything wrong. It's just as Mark Cummings did a thousand times uh, during his uh, immortal career, you, you position your horses to peak in a big day. Uh, or Chris Scott even earlier in the year, which long strike rate wasn't that good. It was good, but it wasn't great until the end, and they got it all right. And yep. what I'm saying is there were horses on the day, like Dwar, like um, Gold Trip, that were deep in the market. They didn't really produce, but then you go dig deep and find out why, and that was because of the way the race was run. I expect both those horses to really explode in the Caulfield Cup. And what and what's going to happen, we're going to get a much better price than we thought we are going to because of that unusual 
great shape on Saturday. Yeah, it's intriguing as well. If we look at looking at the Caulfield Cup markets, I think Duas has now hit double figure odds, and Gold Trip is now double figure odds as well. So maybe that might be might be the little each way play to have uh, in the Caulfield Cup potentially in in a fortnight's time. But uh, well, hey, hey, yeah. hey, I've got one for you. I've got one for you. That, uh, okay. Is an analogy. How short was Paddy Cripps after two weeks in the brown line? That's that's very true. He was he was I think he was very short. <laughs> Absolutely, and he, and maybe three weeks, and then he actually ended up getting a better price deeper into the season. Yep. So um, you know, Joa could be the uh, the Paddy Cripps for you because um, you know she's in a, she's going to be the best price she was come race day. Yet she's been trained to win this race and one race only. So. Yeah, I'd, I'd ignore it at your peril. Yeah, I, I was just getting over the Carlton stuff, mate, and now you've, you've had to bring it up again. <laughs> well, so, you take uh, a brown low in a year. Yeah, exactly right. No, but much appreciated, mate. I'll, I'll hopefully, 2023 is a, hopefully 2023 is a good one for us. But uh, with regards to... Well, let's get on to Private Eye. You, you said he was the best performer at Flemington, and you you we know that, and you said it last week, that you're a big sceptic on this weight stuff and how, you know, oh, everyone... A lot of punters would have been like, oh, you know, 60 kilos. He can't win with 60 kilos first up. Well, he didn't just win. He brained him. Well, he did. And here's one thing. Some some uh, punters may have risked him because of the weight. Uh, some very smart punters didn't. No. <laughs> because yep. pre-race, they, uh, they, in quotation marks, backed him. And they stopped backing him when the, gap, when the barriers yeah. opened. Because they had to. <laughs> <laughs> right. So... What that told you, and it's actually a bit of a fundamental if uh, if people are trying to learn a bit more about the caper, is particularly with first up horses, you can only do so much work from outside a stable yep. to assess how how fit a horse is. Um, and what the market tells you pre-race, uh, particularly with a horse of proven talent, and this horse was uh, an unlucky second in the Stradbroke, which mm-hmm. is the best Brisbane sprint, to Alligator Blood that won the group one the week before. So... There was no question about his class. The question was, it's aimed at the final day, I think it's called the Champions Mile now, is its grand final, final day of Melbourne Cup week. Mm-hmm. So how forward was it? Its trial was good. You didn't know if it was going to be great. Well, then when the money came for it, you thought, hang on, this horse is yeah. coming to play. And he just, look, he won by two lengths. He's ran blistering time. And all those other horses, second through, I think, fifth or sixth, they're all really well exposed, honest, nice Melbourne sprinters. They're not in these class, and he just uh, he came to play and killed them. Yeah, he did. And uh, while well, from a champions mile perspective, that race is going to be run on uh, I think it's Derby Day by the looks of it, Saturday the fifth of November. Thirty-two days is when it, or it might be. No, I no, think that, be, that, uh, that's after Derby Day, so it'll be after the yeah, Melbourne that'll be Cup. Final day. Yep, yep, yeah, final, final day of the Spring Melbourne. Carnival. Yeah, thirty, just over a month away. He's a four dollar sixty favourite now to to take out that race. So. Judging by what he did on the clock, I reckon if he if he's if he's going to improve anything on that, I reckon he might uh, he might start a lot shorter in that race if well, they if I, they I, do I think there's Not having a go at anyone, Paul, but there's a reason why bookmakers offer you these yes. markets a long time out. Yes, <laughs> as, as we see with uh, poor old Alf Cavan, who had a bleeding attack, uh, short price favourite for the Caulfield Guineas yep. on Saturday. So you know, there's you can speculate. I'm, I sort of prefer to take lesser odds and wait yep. until. They're uh, they're in the mar- they're actually behind the barriers or sorry they've got a barrier which means you get your money back if they're scratched but um yeah he's uh, on that he's going to take a power of beating yeah exactly I think I think the uh, the words gamble responsibly are in capital letters Always. when you're playing with futures markets mate in uh, in in no uncertain terms. Hey. 
Exactly right. Exactly right. Uh, now, the, in the Bart Cummings as well, Luna Flair looked like they absolutely crawled to the eye, and it's a nice story for Graham Big. I think this is this is first runner in a in a Melbourne Cup. Luna Flair loves loves Flemington, but uh, was there much on the clock here? It looked like a sit and sprint home. Yeah, well, she's a good mare. She's a um, uh, Vince owner on top, so too smart him. She's got this real good turn of foot. They didn't. Like, like, the pace is moderate, but it wasn't like they crawled. Mm-hmm. Uh, but under that circumstance, the other thing she had in her favour was um, inside barrier. Sometimes it can be a coffin, but instead, uh, Mickey D was able to just weave through beautifully and have an unimpeded run. There were some other horses back in the field that did find traffic. Fowler declared the Melbourne Cup winner. Uh, I think Danny O'Brien's got him right again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if maybe all time right, but he's obviously really running well at the moment. The second horse, Francesco Gardi, if you watch the replay, oh. literally nearly fell. Oh. Um, Unbelievable. Oh. But I always say, beware the unlucky runner, because yep. everyone sees it and then may end up starting very short, but yep. it was a good run. Oh, look, I think Midnight Blue, if, um, if he can stay on a good track, I think he's going to peak the uh, Perth Cup winner going forward. But yeah, Luna Flair's going to get into the Melbourne Cup. She's not going to disgrace herself. But uh, seven-year-old mare, it's... Um, it's not often that they uh, they can keep improving at that age, but sometimes with the uh, with quality mares, they do for some, for whatever reason they can uh, keep maturing at a higher age than blokes. But mind you, I look at me and I I peaked at twelve, and my wife my wife still still getting smarter. <laughs> Love it, mate. Love it. Okay, now you you said Giga Kick was a uh, a good bet when we spoke to you uh, with regards to the Flemington preview. He got in by the barest of margins. What did you uh What did you make of his performance? Craig Williams in the saddle uh, rode him a treat, but uh, yeah, was able to hold on by a narrow margin. Yeah, so I um I, I, if I can switch sporting analogies uh, in golf, they say it's not how it's how many. Yep. So. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> It didn't matter. No, now, I'll tell you what. One by nose, this was a serious, serious win. And this is the reason I always, I, and I'm, you know, back to the start of our conversation about energy and energy out. They flew here. Now, one of the things with Vince Carty's work is you get to have a helicopter shot of every part of the track. Mm-hmm. And I suspect Liam O'Keefe, the curator who put water on the track, uh, you know, before you know, about nine o'clock, the track was presented beautifully. But there's physically only so much you can do in race morning. Yep. I reckon that the first part of the straight, he didn't get a chance to be able to water, and they were it was lightning, including in private eyes race. So mm-hmm. what happened with Giga Kick? He's flown. He's come off a six week, uh, no, probably seven week break, I think. Yep. So he's just that short of hard fitness because the Caulfield win two was sort of like a coiled spring set situation. So he's won by a nose. He is a serious horse. The second horse was good too. I think the second horse had deep race fitness though on its side. Yep. And uh, you know, I think something's going to be pretty good for City to beat it in the uh, Coolmore, which will be on Derby Day. So uh, I hope that everyone underestimates the tight margin because it was a much better performance than that. Beautiful, yeah. He's around about a 6 to $7 chance in the Coolmore if we're looking at the futures markets. But uh, Craig Williams in form as well. It's nice to see Clayton Douglas Get a winner up. Now, looking forward to, to next week, we've got all the 1,000 guineas and Caulfield guineas, and she's lickety-split. Look, the very, very smart winner for Andrew Forsman, and he just continues his great run in Australia with these with these mares and fillies, winner of the uh, the Manifold Stakes, and uh, he's now favourite for the for the 1,000 guineas. She's lickety-split. Is it? Um, well, is, is the Sydney horse that won on Saturday coming down? 
Uh, Z, uh, what, what was the Chris Wallace was the one the flight? Oh, uh, uh, yes, uh, the one, that, uh, Zoo Gotcha. Zoo Gotcha. Zoo Gotcha. Is that in the market? Uh, let's have, oh, mate, I'll tell you right now. Let's have a quick look at the Thousand Guineas. Zoo Gotcha. I don't I don't think she's coming here. Doesn't look like she's okay. coming here. Well, well, I confidently say this. If it doesn't come down, it can't win. Okay. There you go. That's the, type of, <laughs> that's the type of insight that I can bring to the table for you, Paul. Uh, <laughs> Great insight, mate. We love it. Absolutely. No, it's elite. But, um, well, I think Boogie Dancer uh, probably just still got the edge over it. But yep. uh, but it was a good performance. And that uh, Andrew Forsman, uh, for people who just sort of drift into racing a bit, he's been co-trained with Murray Baker, who mm-hmm. is a genius. He's now retired, Murray Baker. But he's obviously uh, taught him a lot of things. And that... Uh, uh, she's looking to split off a bit on the fence over, but they're winning in the last. I'm not over. I'm not on the fence on. It's a star. Yep, yep, yep. Love it. Who won the last? What's his name? I know. I know it was, but I've got the uh, race in front of me. But the last race winner there for me, it's a very good horse. Mister Mister Maestro. It was the one I was just about to get onto. Yep. yep. It was. Yeah. A, sorry, Mister. Ma- it was really good. Yep. Same really combination. And, yep. Yes, absolutely. And uh, the third horse of uh, Bustin and Youngs. That might be uh, that might be a really good derby chance. I'm not saying obviously, Mr. Meister, I can't win, but I wouldn't even be surprised if we won the McKinnon. There you go. Okay, uh, wow. How, that's how impressive it was. So, and uh, there was a three-year-old a couple of years back that had a crack at it. Those uh, around a place. So I think it's had, it's got that level of ability. You know, if the Cox Plate uh, sees off a couple and uh, the McKinnon's up for grabs, it'd be interesting if they go there or to the derby. But it was very impressive. But so was Bustin and Youngs from a staying point of view. The third horse. Okay, so those two horses there, Mister Maestro and Berardino, are the ones there that uh, you're saying to follow potentially out of the Super Impros. I think Mister Maestro. If they don't go down that McKinnon pile, I think the the Derby looks like it could be where it is set. I think it's favourite for the Derby at the yeah, moment. Three roll Colt, yeah, be. by Savva Beal. Now over to Sydney, Ralphie. There was a uh, there were some Group Ones run and one over up there in Sydney, and uh, well, it was a dead heat in the uh, in the big big Group One mile up there between Top Rank and Ellsberg. Uh, did you make what what did you make of the uh, of that mile Group One? Just sort of uh, nice horses. I think Top Rank's got a bit more scope than the others. And yep. uh, I say others because Hinge was in the finish. It was a terrific finish, straightaway finish in a dead heat. Um, I think Top Rank's got a little bit more scope, but mm-hmm. it's typical of an Epsom. It, it, it was below what we can typically expect from an Epsom. And just, uh, you know, I mentioned before about um, about uh, the, uh, you know, the alligator blood sort of form and the Queensland form. There's mm-hmm. a reason for it. It's just Sydney have just had... Private Eye, sorry, is the other one. I'll submit. Um, but um, Sydney's just had bottomless tracks all year. Yeah. And, and what happens is horses can't get the strength. And when I say bottomless, I'm saying that, you know, uh, it's it's not just heavy tracks or wet tracks. It's 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 another degree to that. And they're just not getting the quality of racing mm. into them. So, um, yeah, it's very hard to stamp uh, what a lot of those horses did on Saturday. The Metropolitan was run at literally a hurdle speed. And... Uh, <laughs> Well, well, I'll tell you the one out of, and uh, so yeah, the one probably the race to follow out of Sydney it wasn't one of the three group ones, but I'm really starting to warn the Mass Crusader in the uh, yep. in the Everest. Yep. Yep. Again, you know, I mentioned uh, Dwyer before, set for the Caulfield Cup. Uh, he was genuinely unlucky. Uh, now you still got to get past Nature Trip. It's easier to be unlucky than than uh, to get past him. But he was genuinely unlucky last year, uh, Mass Crusader against Nature Trip, and split him and Eduardo. And Team Hawks has just got him ready for one race. So mm-hmm. Boston running was super, uh, but Mars Crusader back to the inside and probably was a slightly slower lane there. 
And, you know, if they get a bit of a break with the weather, uh, I think he's going to run a monster race, Mask Crusader. And, yeah, I'll put it this way. If, if, uh, if someone was generous enough to give me a voucher, I'd prefer it each way than Nature Strip to win in the Everest. Okay, there we go. Mask Crusader. Still double-figure odds for the Everest. Uh, it's around about That's 11 to $12. Yeah, and we know, we know, I mean, the Hawks stable are just so good at gearing up their horses for, for grand final day that that's what Absolutely. they do and that's that's how they've that's how they've become such brilliant trainers over the last 30 or 40 years now the horse you mentioned this uh this jet filly for chris waller zoo gotcha what did she do on the clock she looked uh she she's in fine form at the moment isn't she the winner of the flight stakes yeah, she was dominant. I mean, we, we uh, our team, we, we tracked the two-year-olds, and our team was, it was a pretty plain crop as far as what, you know, the golden slippers, and again, you know, as we said, it with the, uh, with the wet tracks, the blue diamonds. The one uh, uh, the one exception has been Jack and O, but, you know, as all the communication's been with Price Kent and Damien Lane, was he was just such an immature sort of horse, so yep. he, wasn't, he wasn't the finished product, and now he sort of is as a three-year-old, but generally those the stakes form isn't holding up, and Zugotch is another example. So she beat uh, Fireburn and she's extreme, who were the Group One fillies, uh, Group One winners as two-year-olds, and she just smashed them. So she's still on the way up. Waller's just a freak, and uh, and he just keeps, he, he just keeps getting, particularly with I mean he hasn't got a floor as he he, no. he wins every type of race, but particularly what he the way he gets mares and fillies and mares to just keep improving and and you know it's easier if you're a once a year punny you go okay winks but i'm talking about he does it consistently with every sort of level of good quality uh good quality filly or mare yeah and just on that race there as well did you make much of the run of fireburn is it maybe maybe excuses for her or is it just maybe a case of if we get bigger odds next start she might be someone to follow or maybe the case that she's just not not strong enough at the mile compared to maybe she's extreme and who gotcha uh, well, I, I prefer saying I don't know than saying yep. it, and giving a strong yep. opinion. And, and the, but the, the the reason for the don't know is I was keen on her on Saturday. She travelled terribly, mm. and you know she was on a seven day backup. Britain have done, now, but also position and running. Uh, she had no chance because yep. where, where they settled, they you know they they went moderately. But was it was that jockey? Um, tactics or was it the horse just not picking up most horses love the seven day backup but some particularly younger horses uh fillies not so much colts but fillies just can't cope with it and uh and maybe it's just um maybe she she was a bit flat and she can rebound off that but you just got to put the flag up because her run was very good the week before but very plain on saturday so what i'm saying is i'm a bit on the fence she's genuinely a talent but I certainly wouldn't be in a hurry to think that she could turn the tables on Zagotcha now. Yeah. And the last race we'll just go over from Ramwick was the, the Dulcify one by Williamsburger. Probably wasn't wasn't one of the big races on the day, but uh, that horse now for Aquas, Gerald Ryan and Sterling Alexis now well, well is now the favourite for the spring champion stakes. Yeah, they're always hard to line up, and as I said, because of the, the wet tracks in Sydney, I think they're going to cop another deluge this week. There's the track manager on uh, Sydney Radio on Saturday. Uh, uh, whether this is, well, I don't know if it's just uh, radio climate change, but um, <laughs> <laughs> Ranwick, he said Ranwick averages a thousand mils a year of rain, and to date they've already had twenty one hundred mils. Good lord! So they've had they've more than double. And this is October, and they've got more coming this week. So, yeah, the, uh, we've got a feel for them. But, um, oh, no, actually, stop that. Uh, <laughs> who, who cares? No. Oh, it's all about me. It's all about me and us. 
We don't care about anyone else other than ourselves. <laughs> exactly right. Hopefully we can keep fighting some winners and hopefully they can... Still features, Paul. It's yeah. always trying. Exactly. Exa- I don't know if Peter <laughs> Valandis is listening at the moment, but uh, I'll be sure, I'm sure we'll get a call off him. <laughs> That's right. Absolutely. No, what a genius he is. So we, we just, uh, speak yourself interest, we're barracking for the good weather in two weeks there because yep. that Everest is such a good race. It's probably the best race in Australia now and hope they, uh, they, they get the weather to suit. Yep, sensational stuff, mate. And you can find all your work at racetrackralphie.com.au as well. You and Vince Accardi doing all the fantastic work as well with him and the him in the daily sectionals. Ralph, uh, have you got uh, any any anything else you, you want to spruik? You've got your membership and stuff that you've got for your website? Oh, well, the, the, uh, if you want to have a listen, if you, if you want our serious version of, of, uh, of our banter, we've got a podcast called Year Round Carnival. Yep. And uh, I, I would I would mention the Swanee and Friends podcast, but I think it's against the radio licences to ever mention <laughs> right. it on, yeah. on, on any radio station anywhere, so I won't mention it. <laughs> You're copping a bit of flack on that uh, on the Twitter sphere. I think I've seen you uh, seen you get involved, mate. But uh, well, yeah, man, good man, luck. Twenty live in the mud. It's good <laughs> <fun>. <laughs> I think I think you'll need the aqua lungs. I reckon for Twitter, just quietly. <laughs> all right, uh, all your work at racetrackralphie.com.au. Pleasure doing it with you again, mate. Good on you, mate. Here's some tips for maintaining your Trex deck. Um, occasionally wash it with some soapy water or a pressure cleaner. Trex composite decking is low maintenance and won't fade, splinter or warp. Trex, the world's number one decking brand.